All right, let's uh, get to work. Turn in your Bibles to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 1, if you would please. You'll notice in your bulletin you have some uh, basic sermon notes there. And, uh, but just before we, uh, we get into that, um, I found this uh, over 60 humor that I thought was just amazing. Um, my goal for 2017 is to lose 10 pounds, just 15 more to go. I ate salad for dinner, mostly croutons and tomatoes. Well, really just one big round crouton covered with tomato sauce and cheese and sausage and pepper. Okay, fine, it was a pizza. How to prepare tofu. Throw it in the trash, grill some meat. I don't even know where that tofu came from, but anyway. Uh, I just did a week's worth of cardio after walking into a spider web. It's pretty funny. Uh, I don't mean to brag, but I finished my 14-day diet in 3 hours and 20 minutes. A recent study has found that women who carry a little extra weight live longer than men who mention it. Thank you. And finally, kids today don't know how easy they have it. When I was a child, I had to walk nine feet through shag carpet to change the TV channel. It was awful. Unbelievable. I've entitled this message this morning, Freedom is Hope. And by the time we're finished, you're going to discover that I have respelled the word hope, but we'll, you'll find out more about that in a minute. The uh, story in Deuteronomy, and uh, I'm gonna, I'll make some references to different verses in there. I won't read the entire thing because it's a, a long passage. But I do encourage you to read that. It's really a recap of the story of what happened in Numbers when the Israelites uh, came to the Promised Land and they sent 12 spies into the land. And uh, the real question is, uh, well, let me share with you just a, a short little piece of this. Um, it says in verse 19, as we begin there, it says, Then as the Lord our God commanded us, we set out from Horeb, went toward the hill country of the Amorites, through all that vast and dreadful desert that you have seen. And so we reached Kadesh Barnea, and then I said to you, You have reached the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. See, the Lord your God has given you the land. Go up, take possession of it, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, told you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. The Lord had already promised them this land. The problem is that what they did was they expected problems. Instead of anticipating God going before them and receiving everything they were going to get, they expected that there were going to be problems in what God was giving them. Not good. Now let me give you a definition. Expectation, now expectation and anticipation are very, very similar. Uh, you know, I grant you that. But I found a definition of expectation. It says a belief that something will happen or is likely to happen. Anticipation 
is the act of preparing for something. Whole different concept. Now, had the Israelites anticipated entering into Canaan, into the promised land, rather than expecting problems, had they anticipated that God was going to go before them, he was going to open up the way, he was going to have the enemies basically lay everything down and just walk away, leave them wells they didn't dig, leave them houses they didn't build, leave them gardens and fields they didn't plant, and able to just walk in, and God would have given that to them. Instead, their response was, let's find 12 spies to go in and check out the land. Whose idea was it to send spies? Is this working? <laughs> Whose idea? Talk to me. Whose idea was it? The people's idea, right? The people said, hey, let's send some spies in there and just check this out. You know, God can't always be trusted, so let's go in and make sure that, you know, we're not being led into a trap. What? Absolutely not. And so God realizes and he tells them, do not be afraid and don't be discouraged. Just trust me. Just trust me. It's all, they're, they're exactly like the guy that fell over a cliff and he grabbed a hold of a root that was sticking out and he was hanging there. And he calls out, dear God, help me. And he hears a voice, let go. He thinks about it for a second. He goes, can anybody else hear me? <laughs> Why do we have such a hard time trusting God? Believing that he, what he says in his word is the truth. Do you believe this is the truth? If you don't believe this is the truth, then what am I doing here? What are you doing here? God, has, he gives us promises in his word. He tells us that there are certain things we can do. But our response is at times, and you'll see them in your bulletin, it says, when God says go, we have a tendency to say wait. Just wait, you know, I need to think about this. For what? What do you need to think about? If God already gave you the promise, if God already said, this is yours, just go in and get it. Well, you know, I, you know, I need to do some thinking. No, you don't. How many of you have found, gotten yourself in trouble because you were thinking? <laughs> Every one of you has. Don't think about it. If God has laid it on your heart, there's nothing to think about. This morning as I was sitting here, as I, the Holy Spirit just said, I want you to call certain people up. I want, to, I, want, I want you to bring people to the altar. And then Jerry comes over and says, Pastor Fred, we need to pray for Eileen. I said, yeah, I know. God already told me that. But then I, you know, being the wonderful man that I am, told Jerry, I'm not, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I was just kidding. I don't want to be hit by lightning that bad. Uh, but again, it was, there was no, I didn't have to think about that. I didn't, you know, the, again, God just made that so clear to me. And then it wasn't a matter, now, in, in essence, God said, go and call the people forward and pray and I'm going to do some things. And it wasn't a matter of, well, you know, God, let me think about this. You know, you know what time it is? I mean, this is going to take extra time and, you know, 
Stop thinking about what God is asking you to do. Just move. Go. Stop asking, you know, should I? Who cares whether you should? Do it. Move. Get weight out of your vocabulary. God said you can. Our response is, no, I can't. We have a tendency, and I'm going to share a story at the end. We have a tendency to evaluate our lives based on what we can't do. So then you sit down and do nothing. I can't do ballet. Well, I guess I'm done with life. <laughs> I might as well just quit. I can't be a ballerina. Oh, there's an ugly picture. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoa. What? And it just, I used to drive me crazy with my kids. I'd say, here, let's do your homework. All right, what do you think the answer to this is? I don't know. Well, here, try it. I can't. What do you mean you can't? You haven't even tried it yet. How do you know that? We all think we're psychic. Oh, I know, I know what I can't do. I can't do that. Oh, I can't do that. You go over to your neighbor's house and bring a cake and sit down and have a conversation. Oh, I can't do that. My neighbor's a horrible person. I'm not doing that. You see, what really takes place in our lives is instead of saying can't, you should say I won't. That's different. The will gets involved now. It's not about your capabilities. It's not about your abilities. It's about your will, what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. God says you can win. We go, eh, I think we're going to lose. I'm pretty sure we're going to lose. The, spot, what the report the spies came back with was, I have, basically it came back and said, we have good news and bad news. The good news is, this is an awesome land God has brought us to. I mean, it is amazing. I mean, grapes and fruit and, and beautiful fields. And I, this is an awesome place. However, the bad news is there's people that are already living there. And they're huge. And we're, we look like grasshoppers next to them. There, there's no chance. We can't do this. We will lose. And that brings me to the last set of words there. Create versus settle. How many of you understand that God has, the image of God that you have been created in is a creative force? You have the ability to create. How many of you understand that? How many of you realize you can create things? You are creative. It begins in your mind. And then where does it go from there? If it comes out of your mouth, it will start the process. How did God create the world? He didn't just think about it. He spoke light, water, fish, animals. He just fashioned Adam and Eve. He fashioned Adam out of the dust, Eve out of a rib. But everything else was spoken into existence. Do you understand how powerful your ability to speak is? Your ability to communicate? You know, why do we, why do we begin our services with, well, with prayer and then with singing God's praises? We are creating an atmosphere 
where the Holy Spirit feels welcome. You begin and try it in your car. Try it in your bedroom. Try it in your living room. Try it anywhere in your home. The things that are spoken in your home set the stage. They set the, the environment for the Holy Spirit to come in and minister, for God to come in and feel welcome. God is not a big fan of negativity. You know, wouldn't that be sad if some Sunday morning you came in and I said, well, you know, this, I don't feel so good today, folks. This is going to be a bummer service. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I got to preach, but I don't even, not even sure what I'm going to talk about. But I'll make up something. Well, I don't even know if we should work. I'm, yeah, I'm just beat. I'm just out of it. Well, just here, join me in this little chorus. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. All together now, gloom, despair. You know. I would run out of that church. I'd go, these people are crazy. What comes out of your mouth determines what is in your heart. Hello? The Bible says it. Out of the abundance of heart, the what? Mouth speaks. Sometimes we get so nervous about sharing truth with people, even in our families, in, our, in every situation of life. Speak the truth. Paul says, speak it in love. Speak it in love, but speak the truth because the truth sets people free. It's what sets them free. And it's that creative force that we have, that creative power that God has given you. And you're able to do some amazing things as you speak the Word of God. Why is it important to memorize Scripture? So you can, you can say the right things. So you can talk the right talk. But on the other side, is this scary word called settle. Settle. What do they call those people years ago? They would they'd come to a place, they were, they were, you know, they were exploring, and then they would find a place and they would stop. What do they call those people? Settlers. Ah, oh, very good. Settlers. And why did they stop there? Because they figured, this is all, this is as far as we want to go. We're done. Let's just live here. Let's quit. Let's quit exploring. Let's quit growing. Let's quit doing stuff. Un you know, unfortunately, and again, I, I'm going to try to say this as kindly as possible. No, I'm not. I'm just going to say it. We have, for some reason in the Christian community have decided that going to church is where the settlers meet. We just find our place to settle. And if you sit in my seat, God help you. <laughs> settlers. God, God hasn't given us a spirit of settling. You know, God is at work even now creating this amazing place called heaven. Every day, there's more robes to create. 
more places to set at the table, more places to create for people to live in. Why? Because there, is, there will never come a time when God says, all right, settle down, everybody. We're not taking in any new recruits into heaven. We are done. That would be a frightening statement to hear go through heaven, amen? Because you see, there is constant creativity. They are constantly having to create new things because of all the new people that keep signing up, that keep wanting to come into heaven. Evaluate your own life. Do not become a settler. I was thinking this morning, when Linda and I got married a long time ago, 43 years. Our first place was in Niles, right? Linda on Gulf Road. And we, we've been married 43 years. We have lived in 10 different locations. No one could ever call us settlers because we never settled. I'd get done remodeling and fixing up the house the way we liked it, and then all of a sudden either God would say it's time to move or the second voice in my life, Linda, would say, it's time to move. <laughs> and I keep getting undercurrents of that again. Let's stay where we are, honey. Let's just stay where we are. Oh, she nodded yes. There's hope. <laughs> Settling. Don't settle in your Christian experience. So You know what? I've learned enough of the Bible. Don't be like the little kid in class that raised his hand and said, teacher, teacher. And she said, yes, Johnny, may I be excused? My brain is full. <laughs> no. Don't ever get to the place where, you know, I've, I've learned enough scripture, I've gone to church enough, I've done enough, I've done enough, I've done enough, I, I need, I'm, you know, I'm done, I'm settling. There are still experiences. How many of you have never worked with children in the church? You've never worked with kids in the church? There's only two of you? There's got to be more. How many of you realize what you're missing? <laughs> I'm hunting for Awana people. I'm hunting for nursery people. I'm hunting for kids' church, preschool. I'm always on the hunt. If you have a pulse, I can take care of the rest of it. <laughs> can be trained. Don't settle. Let that creative ability that God has granted you and given you, just let it, let it mix. Let it mix up and go for it. Freedom is hope. I want to respell hope for you, O-B-E-Y. O-B-E-Y. This isn't in your papers. It's, I don't think it's even on, I don't think it's on the screen. Nope. Obey. Paul, this is for you. O-B-E-Y. O. Overcome temptation. There is constantly a temptation when it comes to hope, to expect the past to repeat itself. You have to overcome that. You cannot, you cannot settle in that. You will destroy hope the minute you stop trying to overcome temptation. All of us have habits of various things. Some we've, you know, some we've overcome, some we've struggled with, some, we, some are still waiting to come into our lives, who knows? Habits are just those kinds of things. However, God has given us the ability to overcome them. It tells me in the Word, by Paul, Paul said to the Corinthians, there is no temptation that's come into your life that God will not make a way of escape. 
you can overcome temptation. You just have to learn to say that magic little word. We learned it last week. What is it? Oh, come on. No! No! I can make that decision. I, you know, when, when the enemy comes in or, or whatever that temptation comes, I say, no! No! It's an act of the will. No! To be obedient means you have to overcome the temptation. The Israelites didn't overcome that temptation to just fall back into this ridiculous mindset. They had the nerve even to say that God must hate us. Yeah, exactly. God delivered you out of Egypt. He saved you at the Red Sea. He provided manna. He provided quail. He provided water. He provided all the provisions you needed. He provided protection. And the journey that should have taken 11 days ended up taking 40 days because they refused to obey God. You see, when you refuse to obey God, life gets a lot longer. The struggle takes a lot longer. It's just not worth it. There's no reward in it to overcome temptation. The letter B, believe in your answer. Believe in your answer. This is anticipation, not expectation. Well, you know, I've been prayed for before and nothing ever happened. If you walk into your situation that way, now you've already believed your answer is a non-answer. But if you begin to anticipate and you believe that God is true to his word, you believe that you have the authority in Christ, you believe in the power of declaration, you begin to believe your answer, amazing things can happen. Joshua and Caleb believed that they were going into the promised land. Now, they had to hang around and wait with the other people for 40 years. But you know what the really cool thing was? Joshua and Caleb led the children into the promised land. I, we were, Teresa and I were just talking about that this morning. I believe that the great revival that's going to sweep the world is going to be birthed in children. I believe that the children are going to start impacting the world. The kids are going to rise up in their schools and start praying for each other. The children are going to rise up and start leading other kids to Christ. The children are going to make a difference. Why? Because they believe in the answer. They believe. They haven't gotten old and crotchety and, and stuck in their ways. Little kids, they don't settle for anything. When we watch our grandkids, I wish they would settle. <laughs> but it's like, pew, 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 pew. You know, it's just, what in the world? Just sit down. Just rest. Just stop. There's no settle. Creative. They'll go, we have nothing to do. Yeah, the whole house is full of games. Yeah, we got nothing to do. We'll go make up something to do. Never tell a kid to do that. Never. Not good. Not good. You may, put out, you may be putting out fires. You're going to stop fights. You got, you, they're going to find something. They'll find something to do. Believe in the answer. 
The answer is to become creative, as we shared earlier. The, the letter E, quickly. Experience the journey. Experience the journey. This Christian life is a riot. It, it, it is so exciting. You have no idea where it's going to take you. Uh, on Friday, I had the opportunity. We had people that were wanting to donate some things to Tom Kennington. So I just drove all over the place in the truck. I was experiencing the journey. I picked up some things in uh, Rolling Meadows. And then from Rolling Meadows, I went to the... Where in the world was I, Brad? Gray's Lake. Lake. I knew it was, yeah, it was somewhere like northern Wisconsin or whatever. I don't know. It was far away. So I was up there. And then from there, you know, back to Arlington Heights. And I'm in the truck, you know, just having a good time. Experiencing the journey. If your journey... Is this is it? If this is your journey, yow, Lord help us. This is not the journey. This is just a resting place temporarily. It's a moment of rest before you keep going. You know, somebody, you know what, you want to go on a journey? Follow the captain right here. He'll take you on a journey. Want to go on a journey? Call Josh. Josh, I got a hammer. Can I come and help? And he'll go, is that all you got? Say, I got money. Oh, come on now. We got, we got lots to do for you. Experience the journey. What is it that God wants you to do? Where does he want to take you? What is it that you could try to do? Get, be creative. Experience the journey. It's not about just, you know, I'll just stand here and wait till Jesus comes. I, I'm sorry. You don't, that's like sitting in a rocking chair expecting to go somewhere. That is not going to happen. That's ridiculous. God is saying, experience the journey. Where did Jesus did not come to the earth, park himself in a monastery, and sit there for 30 years. He was on the move all the time. And he took his disciples. His, he, Jesus did not say, hey guys, come follow. He, what he said was, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He did not say, come and sit with me and we'll talk about it. No, it, there was movement. There was activity. They were going places. They were doing things. They were experiencing the journey. And then finally, yield to the direction of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to talk to you. He loves to talk. He loves to communicate. He wants to give you insight. The Bible says that he will lead you into all truth. But you have to listen. There are times when you have to just be quiet. And even this morning, again, what a a perfect personal example as I stood here, I mean, the, the presence of God became so real, I barely stand up. And then he just simply directed me. Here's what I want you to do. Okay. I will obey. I will obey. Overcome the temptation to do your own thing. Believe the answer. Experience the journey. Get up and get going. Yield to the Holy Spirit's direction. He'll tell you. You see, God is committed 
to your success. And God will show you the right way because his reputation is at stake. That's a very key understanding of yielding to the Holy Spirit. His reputation is at stake. I close with a story, and then we're going to, Leanne's going to lead us in a chorus, but this is called Obstacle Illusions, Legs. We run, ski, climb mountains, swim without thinking much about them. My husband Scott had used his legs to, to win downhill ski, ski scholarships at college and climb to the top of the Grand Tetons in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Then without warming, warning during an unseasonably warm April, a tumor was discovered in Scott's spinal cord. We were told death or paralysis could be the end result. Our children, Chase, Jillian, and Hayden, ranged in age from seven to two. They didn't really understand all the bad stuff that was going on, but they were the biggest cheerleaders and the best teachers when Scott found out his life would go on, but he was paralyzed from the rib cage down. Adults sometimes get stuck looking at the things that are gone. I would think about camping trips we'd never take, mountains Scott would never climb, the fresh powder he'd never ski with his children. Chase, Jillian, and Hayden were too busy with the business of life to get bogged down with what their dad could not do. They stood on the pedals of his wheelchair, screamed with delight as he raced, down, raced them down quiet hospital corridors. The doctor said to prepare Scott for life in a wheelchair because if he thought he'd walk again and could not, he would be depressed. The doctors basically told him what to expect, not what to anticipate. The kids didn't listen to the doctors. Shock. They urged their dad to try to stand up. I worried Scott would fall down. The kids laughed with him when he fell and rolled on the grass. I cried, but they urged him to try again. Kids are unbelievable. They're taking over the world. Get ready. In the middle of all these changes in our lives, I took a drawing class at a local college. For a week, the instructor told us we couldn't draw things. We could only draw spaces between things. What? Okay, artists. One day as I sat under a giant pine tree drawing the spaces between the branches, I began to see the world as Scott and the kids saw it. I didn't see the branches as obstacles that could stop a wheelchair from traveling across the lawn. I saw all the spaces that would allow wheelchairs, people, even small animals to sneak through. When I wasn't focused on the branches of the obstacles of life, I gained new appreciation for all the spaces. Oddly enough, whether you draw the spaces or the branches, the pictures look pretty much the same. It's just how you see it that's different. When I joined my family in looking for the spaces, a new world opened up. It wasn't the same. Sometimes we were frustrated, but it was always rewarding because we were working together. As we tried all these new adventures, Scott began to stand up and then walk with the use of a cane. He still has no feeling in his lower body and legs. He can't run or ride a bike, but he enjoys so many new experiences. We learned you don't need feeling in your legs to fly a kite. Play a board game, plant a tree, float in a mountain lake, or attend a school program. Legs aren't needed to hug, bandage a cut, or talk someone through a bad dream. Some people see roadblocks. Scott, Scott has taught us roadblocks are only detours. Some people see branches. Scott and the kids see wide open spaces with room enough for all the love and hope a heart can bear. It's how you look at it. It's how you see life. Obey, the new spelling for the word hope. Hope is spelled O-B-E-Y. Let's sing. Stand with me, would you?